Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everyone, real quickly here before we dive into this episode, I want to talk about e-scouting. Now, if you're listening to this show, I got nothing but love for you. Um, And if I didn't truly believe something was going to drastically improve your odds of becoming a better hunter... I wouldn't even bring it up. I recently took an e-scouting course called Treeline Pursuits. Now, if you haven't heard of Mark Livesey, he is pretty much the best in the world when it comes to e-scouting. He's developed an online educational tool that not only combines his extensive knowledge of successful elk hunts, uh, but his massive knowledge in e-scouting. What he's done is he's put a course together that's going to teach you e-scouting techniques and strategies, how to find and identify elk holding features, how to evaluate zones of pressure and trail usage, determining limitations and hunt parameters, researching and developing hunt areas, planning travel and hunt routes, identifying and testing glassing spots, glassing strategies, formulating a a strategic hunt plan, maximizing the full potential of your mobile hunting apps, effectively utilizing prime hunting hours. Now, this course is designed to help improve your odds of killing an elk. But what I plan to do is take the knowledge I've learned in this course and apply it to other hunts that I plan on taking this year or in the future, you know, mule deer, bear, moose, whatever it is you're going to be after, you're going to be able to use these tools and and take them in and apply them to your hunt. It's only going to make you a better hunter. It's going to cut your boots on the ground time down. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still a huge proponent of boots on the ground, but, uh, you know, go check it out, folks. Believe me, it's worth it. And, uh, you know, because Mark, he loves us Canadians so much, he gave us a promo code to save a bet. Use the promo code FOCUS22 at checkout and you're going to get 20 US dollars off. Um, So great deal, guys. Check it out. And as always, guys, uh, make sure you subscribe give us a five-star rating uh pete and i we really appreciate all that well this sucks uh no not i mean not really i'll probably uh 
I'll probably hit the park here in a, in a few hours on a bike ride if the wind will die down with my son. Oh, yeah. Right on. The park here is kind of known for limb drop when it's windy and gets kind of warm. And so right. it's kind of a bad place to ride a bike when you're, I don't know, the big old oak trees can be kind of dangerous. Yeah, for sure. They filmed, a lot of people don't know, but where I live in Chico, California, they filmed the first Robin Hood. In oh, really? The, in Bidwell, in lower Bidwell Park. Cool. So it's kind of, kind of, I've seen it. I remember watching it back in high school. It's kind of cool. Yeah, no doubt. So you're in Northern California. Yeah, I'm about a, I'm about a hundred miles north of Sacramento. Oh yeah, Sacramento. Okay. So yeah. most people know where Sacramento is. Yeah. Most people, most people know where Chico's at, just because Chico State's kind of known to be a party school. Oh, is that right? I think it was. I think it was actually been named number one party school in the country oh really yeah (laughs) that's a good handle (laughs) (laughs) yeah cool man yeah it's pretty crazy down california there's more people in california than there is in canada here it's nuts really in the whole in in the whole country there yeah and your state and your state is smaller than like i'm in british columbia and british columbia is a lot bigger than california and you have more people in california than we have in all our whole, our whole country wow yeah blows your mind well i wish i wish that uh i wish more people would leave california <laughs> <laughs> send them up here i don't i don't know if they could adapt quick enough though they probably wouldn't survive yeah. i lived in uh i left california back in like 2008 or you know 2008 and moved to idaho and came back like I don't know, 2000, late 2009, 2010. And yeah, the, the winters are completely different, you know, a lot, a lot colder, but I'll probably move out of California again at some point when, I mean, I hate to say it, but like I'm here because my parents are here. So when they're right. gone, you know, then I'll leave. Right. Yeah. I've only been to California once. I was down there, Buddy was playing hockey down there. So we went and hung out with him for a couple of weeks. It was pretty good. Got to see a few hockey games seen uh 49ers play went to a metallica concert so it was a good couple of weeks and i was single back then right so yeah so you lived it up <laughs> yeah, oh yeah it was good good time you know it's a shame because uh, that california has the name that it does as far as at least like in the hunting community where everybody's kind of labeled that lives here that we're you know you know whatever you want to say liberal or you know we're just like anti everything yeah but uh it's so beautiful here the weather you know the summers can get pretty hot but you know we have pretty mild winters and i honestly think that our hunting here is extremely underrated for you know what we have to offer i mean we have some of the best you know waterfowl upland game you know, the deer hunting isn't, I wouldn't say the best, but it's still, we still have some pretty good mule deer and some, and some great black deer, deer hunting and, and our bear hunting is phenomenal. I mean, I think we have some of the best bear hunting in the country. We just don't have a spring season. Right. Yeah. That's kind of surprising to me. Cause I mean, like up here, we didn't see how many forest fires you guys have, which is freaking crazy. seems like there's always a massive forest fire down there and it's, yeah, it uh, it's definitely when you think of California, you don't think hunting opportunity for sure. No, you think crazy people. Uh, you, think you think beaches, and, yeah. Well, yeah, you, we th- you think like beaches and like Baywatch. Yeah, it's right? definitely got that that type of stereotype. We're surfers. We're a bunch of potheads. You know, stuff like yeah. that. Hollywood, Disneyland. You know, 
yeah. all that crap. But it's not where I'm at. It's not like that. I mean, I, I honestly, I can jump in my truck and I can be up the mountain and into some of the areas I've hunted bears within 30, 40 minutes. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Those freaking critters are, I mean, like BC here, we got tons of bears, right? Tons of black bears, tons of grizzly bears. You can't help but bump into a black bear. If you go with the bush, you're most likely going to see a grizzly bear. So yeah, I was talking to another fella down there in Arizona and he was talking about black bears down there, but he was saying that there's a black bear season. There's just not a lot of black bears down there. So in I, Arizona, I would, yeah, I would assume California was the same, but I guess not. That's awesome. Yeah. I think our population is, you know, pushing, pushing 30, 40,000 plus easily. Oh, nice. I mean, it's, it's when I say that, you know, people think that I'm just like, you go out in the woods and you're just, you see nothing but bears, but they're still, you know, they're still hard to find. Mm-hmm. They're not, it's not like every time I go out, I'm seeing a bear, but, uh, you know, and that's part of the reason I've, I've kind of, uh, I've gotten big into the trail cam stuff because I, I mean, I'm, I have a normal job, you know, Monday through Friday, so I can't be on the mountain all the time. And so I do a lot of scouting on the weekends, you know, that I can break free and get up there and, and I find, you know, what I think is the best sign, which is there a bear trail, which I call a stomp trail. And I run cameras and then I pattern them. I pattern them what time of day they're there, how many days a week. I keep every year I've keep, well, for the last, this will be my third year doing it. I'll keep like a journal where each camera has its own journal. And every time I'm there, I'll, I'll make a note of what the wind does. And, and then for that each week, how many times a bear was there or how many different bears were there. Cause I have a couple cameras I'll have, you know, when it gets like peak season or peak, um, when the bears are most active, which is like August, July, June, June, July, August. I mean, they're thick. They're on the move and I'll have a camera. I have a camera that I have two cameras that I'll have a bear almost every day and sometimes a different bear. Last year I had a, that camera had uh, just over 30 bears, just over 30 different bears in 30 days. Oh yeah. Wow. That's good. That's a lot of action. So if you can get in there when the season opens late August for archery, um, if you can beat them with the wind, you're going to, you, you should have an opportunity. Thing is, is where that camera's at. It's been closed the last two seasons because of the fires. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't get to hunt it, but I get to watch them on video, which is cool. Yeah. Watching bears is fun, man. A yeah. Lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing that you guys have that stable of a population just because like I said, you know, you got, you think you have our population condensed into an area that's you know, smaller than the size of our one province that, you know, there wouldn't be that much room for hunting opportunity, but I guess in the Northern end there is, but I guess it's like anywhere, I guess you just people cram into one area and it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they say. Um, you know, cause I would say that our, our, as far as like the biologists here, <laughs> I mean, we don't have a bear biologist, which is one thing the antis are kind of pushing for, uh, to shut us down as with bear hunting is they're saying we don't have a bear plan or, uh, you know, we don't even have a bear biologist. And so they kind of, so to say how many bears we have per square mile, I couldn't even, I couldn't even guesstimate that. I mean, it's just California, like I was saying earlier, our, our winters are so mild that these bears, they don't really, they don't do a true hibernation. I mean, bears aren't a true hibernator anyways, but I mean, they don't like where you guys are. 
they're they hibernate up and they're gone for months yeah, yeah. here they'll They'll, they'll go lay down for a couple weeks, but then they'll get up and move around and get a snack and, and then go lay back down. And they do that just because I guess they don't have to hibernate. The food sources are there. I mean, I can go up in the middle of winter just below the snow line and there's acorns everywhere still. I mean, there's still acorns on the ground from last year. Right. So the abundance of food, you know, they just keep yeah. growing. I think that's why we have such big bears as well is that they don't have to go into a hibernation state right. yep. and shrink down and burn all their fat. I mean, they just continue to grow here. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. I never, I didn't realize that, that, you know, when you think of bears, you think they all kind of do the same thing. They just like up here, our bears probably hibernate in November. They're probably in their, in their bunks. And then man, some places I imagine they're still in there. Um, depending on which part of the province you are, because you get up north, closer to like Alaska, Yukon, there's still a considerable amount of snow up there. So yeah, yeah, and then they can't there's they can't get to the food. So yeah, I'd like to I'd like to come up there and and uh, experience a hunt or two. Yeah, for sure. I don't know when I'll be able to ever make that happen, but it's it's definitely a goal of mine to you know experience it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to broaden my experiences like this year I'll do a baited hunt in Idaho. Oh yeah. And I'm hoping 23 I'll be able to do like a hound hunt. Oh yeah, cool, cool. You guys hound hunt up there? Yeah, we do not a lot. I mean, I don't know anyone who hound hunts bears. I think just because we have so much bears that I don't really think you need to. Um like we can go bear hunting and yeah, we'll see over a dozen bears in a day easily, so uh, but we're not allowed to bait bears here, which is fine. I know out in Alberta, you're allowed to bait there, but here, here we're not allowed to, which is probably good because, you know, up here we face the same, maybe not as much as you guys do in California against predators, but any hunters are everywhere, right? So we face a lot of that stuff too. And they, in 2017, they took our grizzly bear hunt away from us. So uh, we've been fighting. And what's, happened to the, and what's happened to the population with the grizzly since they did that? Oh, it's crazy, man. Crazy. So blown up blown up and then it's funny because people don't see the correlation between the amount of bears because late in the last couple of years in town like the urban and rural areas have just seen a huge like a spike in the amount of bear activity that they've seen and they don't see the correlation between like why there's so many bears they're seeing and the fact that you can't hunt grizzly bears anymore so yeah well and my opinion on that is people don't people don't realize that you know, hunting is a way to control, is a, it's a hunting tool. Yeah. The population tool it's, it's to help control the population so that it doesn't get too big mm-hmm. so that, and it's for any animal really. It's so that the, the populations don't become diseased. There's too much competition for the food, um, you know, and then with bears or any type of predator, if they're hunted, there is a healthy fear of humans. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like you and I have a healthy fear of grizzly bears. Yeah. We know that they'll kill us. Yeah. If we, you know, and, and, and black bears, mountain lions, which we can't hunt mountain lions here either. Um, they're, they're at some point they're going to try to take, uh, coyote, uh, taking coyotes. Really? Yeah. A lot of the, uh, a couple of the game wardens I've talked to in the last few years, they've told, they've told me that that's the next big push that the, the, the anis are going to try to take will be wow. coyote hunting, which is, I don't know. 
it's all emotional based, which is oh, yeah. sad. That yeah, people... I, I think any like any to shut down any predator hunt is not based on science because, like you said, I mean, like they it's used as a management tool hunting bears. Now, okay, say you don't have a mountain lion hunt. How many how many mountain lions were taken? Like when did they shut the mountain lion hunt down in California? Shoot, I think it was I think it was back in like the 70s or 80s. Oh, they did, eh? Now yeah. do they do they have do do a lot of like game wardens get called down there to go euthanize mountain lions? You know, my dad had a my dad has a friend that lives just out of uh just out of town from me. And he was had some goats on his property, and this is a few years ago, but they had a mountain lion coming in and killing killing goats once in a while. And so they did have a a federal hunter come out there and uh, the guy goes call me the next time it kills because usually they say when a mountain lion kills it it won't go very far afterwards because it's it's you know they kind of gorge themselves so they'll go lay down and and that uh that mountain lion was living on the property in this it's like this big i don't know what kind of tree it was but it was a tree but it was like a bush so the limbs came all the way down to the ground but anyways it could hide back in there it was living right in there with the goats and it would just wow. come out and kill one once in a while. So they did, they did kill that mountain lion, but I think the majority, I mean, I can't, I can't speak, you know, to, to the data on it, but California, I think has more mountain lions in Southern California than we do in Northern California. And that's, that's what game wardens have told me, oh, but okay. our bear population is higher in Northern California right. versus Southern California. So it's kind of the opposite. Yeah. I do, I do catch a good handful or more mountain lions on my cameras every year. Uh, I've seen a couple out while I've been hunting and it's pretty eerie because you know that they've been watching you a lot oh, yeah. longer you've noticed them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You very rarely do you notice those suckers, but they know you're there. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and last year in one of the spots I had planned on hunting with my bow for bears, there was a cat that was in there all the time. And I was, I was super nervous that if I hunted in there, I was going to come face to face with that cat, uh, with my yeah. bow. But luckily now in California, you can carry a sidearm when you bow hunt, whereas oh, right you used to not be able to, a lot of people don't know that that's, a, that is a new regulation change. I think as of last year, right. Maybe, maybe the year before, but <clears throat> you can carry a pistol while you're bow, but only predator. So if you're, if you're, if you're bow hunting deer, you can't carry a sidearm, even if you're carrying a bear tag. Oh, that's interesting. eh? So it's strictly only if you're, if you are hunting predators. I wonder what the reasoning is there. Cause you're using the pistol as self-defense. Now, if you're hunting deer or a bear, it shouldn't really matter what you're using. You're using a self-defense. You wouldn't think, but I mean, I guess it's good that you can carry one because like in Canada, we're not allowed to carry, if we go in the bush, we're not allowed to carry a fire or like a, a handgun, nothing under 18 inches. So, huh. yeah, yeah. We're So does Canada's got some pretty, do they have some pretty strict handgun laws? Yeah. You're just not allowed to have, like, you can go and get your restricted firearms license and, um, but you have to, it's, it has to be locked up. You can only take it out when you get to like, you can go to a gun range. Um, and then that's like, you have to call and let them know that you're transporting your firearm. You can go to the gun range and then it has to be locked up and brought back really? and you lock it home. Yeah. We're pretty, uh, we're pretty strict with the gun laws up here in Canada. A couple of years ago, then the liberal government, Trudeau there, he, he took a whole bunch of Canadian, um, firearms away from, from us. So, which is insane. 
they actually like took them from you? They came to people's homes and took them. No, th- so yeah. you have to turn them in. Yeah, well, I, nobody's gonna try. I, I don't know if anyone did turn them in, but they're just illegal. Like you can't sell them. You can't. They're not allowed to sell them anymore. So stores aren't allowed to sell those certain guns. Yeah. So I don't know how that's so going to work. Still, we're kind of working through the details. There's obviously a big pushback from like the CCFR and the NFA. So they're fighting with them. But I mean, so I wonder what they'll do. Like, so when somebody passes away, yeah. And can you inherit it? Type no, thing? I don't think so. I think like it's banned. It's you're not supposed to have it. I don't even think you're supposed to have it in your possession. So, but I mean, it's going to cost billions of dollars for the government to get those guns back. So they they had a gun registry here. But uh, our previous government, they scrapped it just because it cost billions of dollars a year just to maintain it. So um, it's is kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's not the gun owners that like the res- responsible gun owners that are killing are going out killing people. And there's not a lot of deaths realistically in Canada from firearms. Like let's be serious here. So, uh, well, it's, yeah. it's never the gun's fault. I mean. And that's what people think. Oh, every time there's a crime committed, you know, everybody's like, oh, we need stricter gun laws. No, we need stricter, um, you know, prison sentences yeah. and stuff yeah. like that to where, you know, you yeah. know, I honestly think, hey, you steal, let's cut your arm off or cut yeah. your hand off. Yeah. You know, if you're going to, if you, uh, no, I won't go there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, they, <laughs> yeah, just I know need saying, have, yeah. they need to have, you know, stricter, you yeah. know, penalties. You're a pedophile. Yeah. Well, we're going to castrate you. You know, yeah. I mean, oh, if you, if, pe- yeah. if people were, if people were, it's just kind of like animals. If, if, if they don't have a fear from us or if people don't have a fear to go to prison because they know they're going to go for a long time or life sentence, you know, there's, yeah, I'll be out in a couple years or I'll be out in six months. You know, we just, they just had a shooting here. Uh, I think it was down in Sacramento a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, and everybody up uproar. We need more, you know, gun laws. No, we, you know, we don't. That guy got that gun illegally. You think that mm-hmm. if the, people think that if they get these these stupid laws out there, that the criminal is going to actually follow that law? No, they're going to do what they do and get the yeah. firearm anyways. They're just going to take your your right as a law abiding citizen and screw you over. Yeah, exactly. they're going to make you a criminal basically because at some oh, point. Yeah. You know, I don't think, I mean, I'm at least down here in the States, I don't see how they will ever, I mean, there's so many guns out there. They don't even know about That's what's crazy is that I guess they could probably remove a ton of firearms if they did like a buyback. Yeah. There's probably a lot of families that have a a lot of firearms that maybe their grandpa or their dad had, that's no longer around and and they would turn them in, but you know, for, for the money. Yeah, but is that going to do anything? Like it, it, like you said, I mean, the criminals it's are going to do help. criminal shit. It's not going to help the crime. No, it's just no. Criminals are going to do criminal stuff. No, they're not going to turn in their guns. So, like, even if the government up here does do a buyback on those legal firearms or the legal ones that they just classified as firearms, like they're talking like, you know, uh, like a twenty-two rifle with a ten-clip or more, like just silly things, right? And like, are you going to go hold up a bank? with that no like it's not that it's not taking that away from a responsible gun owner isn't going to change the fact that people are going to who are going to go commit crimes with firearms they're still going to do it they're going to keep doing their thing has nothing to do well let's just say that they do take every gun away they're going to do it with a different weapons yeah exactly if they took all the guns away and then what are they going to use the knife and like are you going to start taking knives away from everybody yeah and then they take the knives away then they're just going to come in there with a hammer you know i mean 
where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, the criminals are going to do criminal shit. It doesn't matter if it's if it's uh, what it is. They're going to keep doing it. But I don't know. Our government's kind of funny up here. I don't know. It's a mess. Is Trudeau? That's how you say his name, right? Trudeau. Yeah. Yeah. Is he? I mean, is he well liked? No, not, well, not, late, not lately. But I mean, if like, you're in the West, he's not. He's not well liked. If you're like in the east like toronto like majority of canada's population is like in ontario the toronto area and they hold the most seats so he always gets elected because that area he's got he's well liked down there because he just caters to all the people in toronto and quebec doesn't give a shit about like what goes on out west here they're yeah that's like the politics here in california is that you know they up north and northern california is completely different than like you know, central or Southern California where, you know, San Francisco, LA, you know, that's pretty liberal down there, but the further North you go, it's, it's more, you know, yeah. conservative. I mean, there's, there's good people all over California and, yeah. and I, I, I truly do love it here. I hate the politic, but I love California as like uh, the beauty, you know, and stuff like that. It's just the politics are horrible. Yeah, and that's what drives a lot of people to leave. Right, right. Yeah. So, is is California uh, traditionally is it a Republican or a liberal or a? Um, oh, it's always a blue state. It is a. Okay. I can't remember the last time if it if it was ever a red state. I mean, I know oh, that yeah. we've had the last Republican uh, the last Republican governor we had was Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. And he's kind of, and he's kind of. And he's kind of liberal. I mean, yeah, right. especially yeah. lately, the, the stuff he comes out and says. But I don't know. He's. <clears throat> I'd rather have him than than Gruesome Newsome, but uh, he's still a moron. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's never going to change here, as far as going going red. I mean, unfortunately. Yeah. Did you uh, Did you vote for Trump on the last election, or did you go the other way? Oh, I did not vote for Biden. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not, I mean, I love, I liked, uh, I voted for Trump. I'm not, yeah. a. I mean, he's, uh, we loved him up here. He was awesome. He, he's, uh, I think what people liked about him, I mean, and, and what people hated about him is what he was unfiltered. Yeah. You know, That's people wanted, I think people didn't. wanted a president that was could, that they could kind of relate to, you know, maybe spoke like us instead of always so, so polished and, you know, and, yeah. and that got him in trouble a lot too. Did he say some stupid shit sometimes all the, I mean, not all the time. He, a lot of the time he did say some things where I'm like, man, you probably shouldn't have said that, but you know, he was, I mean, look at the difference going on between when he was president versus, you know, this guy that we got now who, but he wears diapers. sleep sleepy joe that's his nickname up here sleepy joe oh yeah he's he's horrible i mean what he's done he's he's just he's destroying america is what he's doing and and the other countries are recognizing it and yeah it's a shame he i i don't think that i honestly don't think he'll get reelected even if he runs i don't think he'll run anyways but yeah he doesn't look man you see some of those interviews man looks like after he's done talking there he could barely make it out of the room there well he gets this look on his face a lot that reminds me a lot of my grandpa and my grandpa went through <laughs> dementia and you could just you know when you look at somebody you can tell that like they have no idea what is happening 
and their wheels are spinning, but there's nobody home. And sometimes when I watch his speeches or just, you know, clips of him on the news and stuff, and I'm just like, dude, that guy, you know, there's something, there's something going on there. And, you know, whether people want to admit it or not, he's got some issues going on. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he does. Yeah. But uh, it's pretty funny. He's an embarrassment. He's an embarrassment to politics. Yeah. It's not very good, especially with the crap going on right now. I know. I don't know. It's, I mean, obviously we see, we probably see half of American what's going on in America is, is we do with Canadian stuff. So, um, well, it's so scary now too, is like the news is only going to show you what they want you to see. Well, yeah. And that's what I was going to say is like, I don't know how much of it is accurate. Cause I know like, if you watch the news, like, like the convoy news was com- like what they showed on the news for the convoy was like, not even close to what was actually happening in Ottawa. It wasn't even close. Like they're showing like people being, you know, just these demonstrators protesting, holding up like stores hostage and stuff. And then like, I knew people that were there and they're like, no, it's nothing like that at all. (laughs) So it was probably a peaceful protest and they made it look violent. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did. And like, there was people, I had a friend that was there and um, this, yeah, they're saying that all the stores were shut down and they couldn't do it, but like there were, people at the that were at the rally they were they were in the stores supporting the stores like buying stuff from them so and then but then they like you watch the news and it's yeah just completely 180 from what is actually going on so but the news has definitely gotten so bad man you can't even yeah it's tough to watch but yeah well it's sad because like you don't know what to believe Mm -hmm. even if you're watching like a channel that maybe you love you don't even know if you can trust them yeah and that's and that's scary, you know, that they they're basically showing what they only want you to see when maybe that's really not what's that's not the full truth. Yeah, what we need to see there, there's a difference for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah buy more guns, crazy. buy more ammo. <laughs> and yeah, have, it's hard have to buy a, ammo right now, especially for us up here, man. I've been trying to get some seven millimeter shells in a 168 grain and whew, hard. It's yeah, tough waiting. down here too. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't even think I've shot. I know I haven't shot my rifle since I shot my deer this last year, just because I'm not gonna yeah. go target practicing anymore. It's just, and I shoot Weatherby, so Weatherby's kind of tough to to come by, anyways. Sometimes, and I don't know. It's yeah, it's you definitely scary. don't spend. Yeah, you don't spend as much time uh at the gun ranges as you used to that's for sure i remember it used to try to get out all the time but now it's just like well i only got one box left of this and then start looking through your your gun cabinet you're like man i'm getting low yeah. on everything i mean they truly don't even need gun control it's they can control the ammo and yeah exactly yeah you're you don't not have gonna... anything to shoot out of it so yeah for sure for sure so you guys what's going on down there with their any hunters are attacking your bear hunting again you guys are yeah so last fighting. year Last year, we had a bill, a Senate bill come through to end black bear hunting in California. And um, was that a, it was a senator out of San Francisco. Um, I won't even say his name because his name's kind of embarrassing for him. <laughs> um, but a gentleman named Charles Whitwam start, started a petition uh, to... <clears throat> You know, I don't even know how it all really works. The petition that he he started brought so much attention, though, that that senator pulled his bill mm. before it got voted on. And I think that 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 um, that petition 
ended up getting like 25,000 signatures in a matter of a little less than a week. Nice. So I think it was more of a test run for them oh, as far as the antis as, you know, humane society and stuff like that. And it was like a test to see what kind of pushback they would get. Luckily they pulled the bill because I think a Senate bill is worse than kind of what we're facing this year, which is just a petition. So a lot of people, I get a lot of messages from people going, what's going on this year, you know, for the Mm -hmm. bear hunting, our 2022 season is intact. We're having a bear season this year, no matter what they can't, it can't take that back. Right. The petition going forward that's been brought by the humane society is in their tactic. This, um, this time is they say it's science, but it's, it's emotional science. So they're saying that we don't know our bear population. They want to put a pause on bear hunting until we have, you know, more scientific data from our own biologists on what our bear population is doing. And we all know that putting a pause on it means we will never get it back. Once it's, once it's paused, that's just basically taking it away. Yeah. So they want us to have a more accurate number on, on our bear population, which I would agree with. I think that, uh, we do need a bear biologist, which I don't think we've had one in quite a few years. Right. Um, I will say that I, I think that our, our fish and wildlife or our game wardens that, that do not pull the tooth, you know, they want to extract the premolar for science, Mm -hmm. you know, to see, they want to age the bears. And I personally, I mean, I know a lot of people that have, but I personally have never gotten the information from the bears that I've taken back ever. Right. Right. So the bears that I, that I've taken that I know how old they are, that's because I sent them to a lab in Montana, Madsen's laboratory. Okay. Partly because I just want to know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sure. And I, I think that it helps me. Uh, it kind of educates me on. Yeah. I can look at the bear that I've taken and be like, all right, I can judge. Now I can judge bears better. Right. It's yeah. not always going to be right, but like I, I'm going to send off my bear from last year, but just looking at that bear, my 2022 bears teeth versus or not 2022. Yeah. No, 2021. Yeah. My 2021, my 2020, you know, my 2019, 2018, I can look at those bears and I can see, you can just see the difference. One's 15 years old, you know, Mm -hmm. two or nine, you know, and I can look at my last year's bear and be like, okay, I think this bear, and it's just my guess, but I'm going to guess he's five or six. Yeah. Just based on his, his skull and and the, the wear on his teeth. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a good management tool to have if you know exactly. And it gives you some, an opportunity for self-management too, because you can just be like, like, even if it doesn't, you know, if it's not with his mother, which up here, it's usually two years old, they usually leave their mom. Um, So typically around here, uh, if you don't, if it's not with his mom, it's, you know, it's, we judge it two years old and now you can shoot that bear legally, but it's probably best if you leave that one, try to go after the older boars. Uh, well, I mean, that two-year-old bear, that two-year-old bear up there is probably what, 60 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I mean, they're not, they're not pounds. that big. So no. yeah, two-year-old bear, it's, it, you got to give that bear a pass yeah. no matter where you're at. Yeah. Because I mean, and that's just being, I think, uh, a good hunter, mm-hmm. you, you, me, every hunter, we want the populations that we're hunting. We want them to thrive. Yeah. And I mean, what's the point of shooting a 60 pound bear, uh, you're not getting much meat off that thing. So no, it's no. really, it's really a waste. 
So yeah, you always want to try to take the, a mature bear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would say, I don't know, try to shoot something that's older than five years old. And you know, a five-year-old bear is not going to be a giant. Um, nope. he's, he'd I know be good. that my, I know the bear I shot the bear I shot last year with my bow. It wasn't a giant bear, but he was a good bear. Right. And so I knew that uh and I'd seen him before I had taken him. So uh I could have held out, but I was like a first well, it was a second year bow hunter last year. Mm -hmm. And I was like, here's my opportunity. This is a good bear. I should take this opportunity. And uh luckily I got to I made it happen. So yeah. Uh same thing here. You can't shoot a bear um with a sow, you can't shoot a sow with cubs. Yeah. Um, a wet sow. And that's another thing that the antis like to push is they they basically make it sound like us hunters are sitting at the front doorstep of a den and you know, murdering these bears as they're coming out of hibernation. <laughs> which couldn't be further from the truth. And if for one thing, we don't have a spring season here, so yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, I remember Doug Bose talking about that. He's like saying that, Oh yeah. Cause for what was going up there in the spring, like, Oh yeah. The, the people think that these bears come out of the den and they're all lethargic and they're like that all spring and they don't know what's going on. And it's like, well, um, have you ever seen a bear come out of hibernation? Uh, no. What the fuck are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know, wild animals don't have the luxury of being able to be lethargic or they will die. No. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I mean, I can see a bear as it's coming out of hibernation and it's in, you know, kind of being drowsy, but uh, I've seen some, I've seen some videos on YouTube, a guy, and I don't know how accurate this is, but it was a, a, a trail camera. A guy had set on a den yeah, and he watched the bear come in and out of its den for a couple weeks. It hung next to its den. And, uh, before they start to venture out, I don't know how accurate that is. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a bear biologist, but I could see them. I don't think they're lethargic. I think it's just more of, you know, getting the bearings underneath them. And I know yeah. that a, a guy that I ran into last year out of state, he said that when the bears come out of their dens, they will, they will stay pretty close but it's basically to harden up the pads of their feet. Right. Because sense. I guess they shed them. Yeah. And so they want to, before they start just traveling long distances, pr probably right before the rut, their feet have to get hardened up again before, yeah. before they start traveling. Yeah. Like I've been out turkey hunting and we've come across dens and the bears aren't that far from the day, especially if it has a couple cubs, the mother will just leave. Like it'll, it might go out a little further and the cubs will kind of stay close to the den. And we've come across boars and stuff where they're, we've actually come across them and they were in the den in the middle of the afternoon. Um, and then, so I don't think personally, I don't think they go at the beginning. I don't think they go too far, but I don't think they hang out there too long because we've gone back a week later and there's like no sign of them. I mean, uh, yeah, they can only stay there for so long. I mean, they got to start, yeah. they got to find food and, I mean, it's basically just they're starting all over again from day one. Okay, I need to start putting on as much weight as I can for their next hibernation. Yeah, and we've seen, like, uh, I haven't seen it, but I've seen, like, videos and, like, I've seen, uh, heard people talk about bears that are out of the den and they're already, you know, chewing on um, uh, fawns and stuff. So it's not, you know, I don't, they're not definitely not drowsy when, they, when they're out and about and they're walking around. No, I mean, they're... It's a predator. They have one thing on their mind. Yeah. Food. Killing shit. Yeah. That's it. There. I mean, that's, and that's, that's just the cycle of life. Yeah. I mean, we're never gonna, we're never gonna stop predators from, 
you know, eating deer and elk and antelope and, you know, caribou or whatever it may be. That's, that's part of the cycle, but we want to, we want to maintain that population towards fair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We get the same thing up here and people are like, well, just let, you know, the grizzly hunt and they're like, just let nature take, take its course. Okay. Well, that's fine. But you know, we've already ruined mule deer mag- migration patterns and stuff like that. So um, we can't put that back. So now we have to manage, we have to manage these animals because we already screwed up these other animals, like their natural instinct for like the mule deer down the Southern end of British Columbia, they're struggling just because of all the logging and they're born with this natural instinct to migrate. And, you know, they get to these areas where they've been logged so much and they've, or they hit rural, rural development that they don't know what to do, right? They can't just change. They're not like a white toe where they can just, they'll get off their pattern. They stay, they have that, this born and bred instinct and they just, that's all they know. And when humans start messing with their migratory patterns, they don't know what to do. And then you get these predators that they take full advantage of it. So, I mean, yeah, it'd be perfect if we could just let it do its thing, but we've, we're already past that point. We're already way past the point where we can just let nature do its thing. We have to, we have to use hunting as a management tool in order for these other species like ungulate to survive, not even, not just survive, but they need to strive like down here, the mule deer are doing really bad. Yeah. We we can't just, and this is something the antis need to to realize is we just can't uproot entire highway systems, entire towns, entire, you know, everything we've done as humans we have to take responsibility for that now. Yeah, exactly. And hunting is a way to help do that. And it's, mm-hmm. and, you know, everybody I know that hunts, you know, they're, they're eating what they're taking. So, oh, yeah. and yeah. we, we as humans ourselves, we are a predator. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, like in my household, we only eat what I shoot. So if I don't fill any tags, we're not eating any meat. So, I mean, my wife, she buys a bit of store bought, yeah, a bit of store bought <laughs> chicken, but yeah, exactly. Pressure's on, but we don't eat. <laughs> eat beef or anything like that i can't i can't stand the taste of beef myself but so the humane society they say they want to put the bear hunting on pause until they can get an accurate number of the bear population do they have any idea of what what kind of bear numbers they think should be like should be down in california or do they just not believe what well what they'll do is they'll take the they'll take they'll take the data and they will skew it and they will yeah, basically it. use the data that they want. They're going to make it look mm-hmm. like whatever they want They want it to fit their agenda. So they right now they say that our bear population is like 9,000, which is so it came down from an estimated of 30,000 to 9,000 within just a couple of years. Yeah. You know, which is ridiculous. And they're saying, you know, part of the reasons is they're saying, you know, the fires, um, you know, the well, we haven't filled the quota for bears in California since they banned uh, the use of dogs to hunt bears, which was, uh, I think that bill was signed in 2012 and went into effect 2013. We have never hit the quota of 1,700 bears in California. Um, I honestly think that there's been a couple years, I think last year we would have come, I think we would have hit that quota if it wasn't for all the land closures and the wildfires. And the reason I think that that we would have hit it is the population is getting higher. So people are having more encounters with bears as they're hunting. Right. And and honestly, I think these the anti-hunters don't realize is is their push to ban it makes it more popular. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Now people bring it brings more attention to, you know, to the the hunting of bears. And then, you know, just social media 
you know, with YouTube and all the bear hunting videos and stuff like that. And, and, you know, bear, bear meat is always in my mind as a kid growing up, I always heard bear meat tasted horrible. It tasted like trash. Yeah. You, that couldn't yeah. be further from the truth. I mean, I'll eat bear meat over deer meat any day of the week. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I like deer meat, but it's not my favorite. Uh, give me a bear burger or some, you know, some bear jerky or uh, salami. I like making, I have, I like making mine into salami and <clears throat> I can't keep it away from my wife. So most of the time I got to hide it in the deep freezer. That's their tactics though, is to, to take the data and manipulate it. Yeah. And when it's false and then that's how they, and then they spread it through their channels of social media, yeah. you know, and their, um, there's what do they call those commercials at night where you know donate yeah, to the yeah, humane in, society yeah, you know they got somebody yeah, sitting yeah. at home and yeah. you know and and they're just basically lying to people and and robbing them they're mm-hmm. basically a, a money laundering business because they do absolutely nothing for wildlife yeah. they don't donate any money for studies they don't donate any money for you know rebuilding the habitat they just take your money and they want to take it away from you and I, yeah, and you know, and that's, and that's, what's great about, um, how for wildlife that Charles and, um, those guys started mm-hmm. that it's, it's almost the stuff that they're putting out there is showing people what, what hunters really are and yeah. what we actually really do to benefit all of wildlife, not just predators. I mean, you know, elk, mule deer, everything. And I think it's kind of shocked a lot of people that coming out, but it's probably the best tool that I've ever seen come along that people can use to push our agenda because mm-hmm. we have an agenda as well. So yeah. it couldn't have come along. I think he launched that, uh, a couple days before the, the, it came here in California, the, the petition from the humane society. So it was like perfect timing that he launched it. Um, you know, it's free. That's the other thing, you know, you go to a lot of the other, the other, um, pages and stuff and they all want money and and that's fine. But I think, yeah, I I think Hal's done more than any of those guys in the short amount of time that they've been out. Yeah. Well, I think what Charles and John have done, they've done a really good job at uniting hunters getting, you know what I mean? Can making the connection between hunting as a community and not, like before we faced petitions before, and I know you guys have too, and there's been a lot of people who just say, ah, I whitetail deer hunt in Southeastern USA. Why do I care about a black bear hunt being shut down in Washington or the same thing, right? Like we're just facing some stuff going up here in British Columbia. And, you know, historically people in deer hunters in Ontario were like, yeah, what do I care about that? But through this, through how, you know, we're getting like MLAs were getting messages from guys, not just in BC, but they're getting them from the States. They're getting them from all over Canada. And that's something that we've never had before. And I think it's going to be a huge tool um, to have. Cause yeah, like you said, I mean, there is, you know, there is other groups that are doing great jobs and they've always done good jobs. Like, you know, the wild sheep and, and RM, RMAF and the mule deer, they're, they're doing good jobs of actually putting, you know, like the wild sheep society bc they they do a lot of good jobs putting sheep back on the mountains and they do projects like that which is good you need that but 
Hal's goal is a little more focused on just getting these initiatives shut down because if we lose hunting altogether, the animals are going to pay the ultimate price because they're not going to have, they're not going to have the funding to do these no. restoration projects. No. Yeah. The, the anti-hunters don't realize that the stuff they push through is a, is a, is a lose for wildlife. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh. And like you said, like up, like the anti-hunting groups, they're not doing shit for animals. All they do, they think getting a hunt stopped is a win for animals. It's not. It kills more not, animals. Yeah, yeah. But they're, exactly. It kills more. All the money that they donate doesn't go to any management practices at all. It doesn't go all it, all they are is lobbyists to stop hunting. That's all it is. I haven't seen one positive thing that any anti-hunting group has done for wildlife. And like the number one goal is wildlife. The wildlife populations are going to take, are going to take, like they'll take priority over me hunting every day. Cause that's what well, it's and all if about. there was, and if there was a real, a real threat to the black bear population in California, let's just say it was 5,000. I mean, it wasn't, it was being threatened that, we needed to quit hunting them. I would be all for it. Yeah. But the fact that it's not. Yeah. I mean, it gets me so fired up. Yeah. And, and exactly. And like we went, what we were talking about before, if you just shut down these predator hunts, it's the other animals that are going to suffer because of it. Now it's just a, such a shame that we could be using our time better put towards more management of these animals than fighting anti-hunters. To me, it just seems like such a waste of time. Well, I, I, I want, and I've talked to some people about this. We need to have a, uh, we can't fight this every year. Yeah. Every it seems like we're constantly it's, fighting. It's it. exhausting. And at some Something point rides. we'll just lose. Yeah. So there's me, I know that in Arizona, I think they have a, to where it's like every five years, um, a policy or something would be changed, but we need to get something in there that makes it to where the humane society can't just hit us every january february march that we're gonna lose our hunting and then we got to battle all year to try to save it because like i say people will just give up and just be like because it is stressful i mean oh yeah man it stresses me out to where because it's like my favorite thing it's like my that is like the one game meat i want to have in my freezer at the at you know to last me till next year because in california i can only get one bear so well and not only that man like if they took hunting away from guys like me and you like what the fuck would i do with my time if i did (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my wife might not be so mad but (laughs) well i don't know you'd probably drive her fucking nuts because you'd be around too much and always pissed off because she has made the comment of uh when is your next hunt i need a vacation (laughs) oh yeah man i've I've talked about that lots like my wife needs it but as a hunting community, this the howl is the best thing that's come in a long time. Like you say, we have all those other organizations, those orgs that do fantastic things for wildlife habitat. But we haven't had an org come along that is fighting for our hunting rights. Yeah. And I and I hope that at some point a lot of them will get on board and, and some of them already are. But we need to we need to fight, we need to have more of a what is it we all as hunters we just need to come together more yeah i think it is pretty sad that you know you get online and instagram or facebook and people are always talking crap to each other about the gear they're using or whatever and like who cares i don't care what you hunt with i don't care if you use a bow shotgun you know rifle you know whatever you like as long as you're doing it and supporting other hunters i'm all for it i mean yeah and how 
you know, they're just, they've made it so easy. You know, how many times have you been like, man, I want to help, but I don't know how, you yeah. well, boom, they, you can get on there. And within a matter of like two minutes, you can sign every, everything yeah. on there that's going on and whether it's Pennsylvania, New Mexico, you know, mm-hmm. Colorado, Washington, Oregon, California. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think they're even, they're starting to branch out to up to you guys, aren't they? Yeah, we have our, yeah, they got the BC thing right now. That's done. But, uh, you know, Charles and John, they've been, they've been doing a great job with working with us up here. And, you know, John, when I talked to John, like first time I met John was in February and right away he was asking me, Hey, what's going on there? What we need to, we want to band Canadian hunters and American hunters together and just be one mega force. Right. And, and I yeah. thought that was a great idea. John was kind of behind, behind it, like behind the closed curtains at first. I'm, I'm glad to see him kind of coming out more yeah, yeah. Uh, and being more, he's always been fully involved, but he's got a big face in the hunting community. Yeah. he does. And I think yeah. that goes a long ways, you know, he's well yeah. known. So, you know, and Charles, he's kind of, making his way that way as well to where he's just going to have that face where everybody knows who he is and they got to take those that they got to take that and run with it yeah absolutely yeah no it's really good what they've done i really enjoy it like i said i go on there every morning and it takes me two sips of coffee and i sign every petition and and I, the the thing you were saying there you don't have to be a member i mean you can you don't have to donate you can obviously it helps but you don't have to no, and it's there. You can just at some point. Your... I mean, they got to have money to do what they're doing. Yeah. So, if you can donate, whether it's you know ten bucks, then yeah. do it. I mean, I only donate. I donate to them and one other org. That is it. Yeah. Um, and just because the other ones, you know, you kind of get they get, either got bad reputations or I just don't know them well enough or to be honest, I don't see them doing anything. So, yeah. Uh, and you, you see the th- nice thing about Howl is like, say, okay, like myself, crazy mule deer hunter, love hunting mule deer. So, you know, I don't mind being a member of the mule deer foundation. Um, and then also being, so like they're doing what I, they're help promoting what I love to do. They're help boots on the ground. They're helping biologists, scientists, they're helping restore a mule deer habitat where Howl is doing the other side of it where they're fighting they're listening hey if something happens where they're going to threaten your right to hunt we're going to be all over it essentially our rights to hunt is what the what the mule deer needs to survive because with again without hunting mule deer there's going to be no more mule deer foundation and like the humane society rain coast they're not doing shit for putting mule deer back on the landscape they're not helping wild sheep they're not helping elk they're not helping any waterfowl they're not doing anything they're just trying to get hunting stopped. That's it. So I think that I'm trying to remember the name of that podcast that I listened to that the gentleman, he interviewed a humane society employee. Was it just recently? It was not that long ago. Hunt to eat. Is okay. that a podcast? Paul McCartney, hunt to eat. Yeah. Paul's a good friend of mine. He's been on. Yeah, he did. He actually just did one. Yeah. Um, so in her, in that podcast, she basically, she basically, I mean, she all but said, we don't care about the ungulate population. Yeah. You know, we don't, yeah. we don't get involved. I think what she exactly, I don't mean, don't quote me, but she said, we don't get involved in trophy hunting for ungulates, deer, you know, whatever, which <laughs> dude, I mean, how do you not in yeah. your mind, if you think, well, if we just let the predator population do its thing, 
at some point you have no no deer population no elk population you know they're gonna decimate you know Mm -hmm. the fawns every year yep i mean i got a place up where i hunt if i go up there all you see in the bear shit is is you know deer hooves and Mm -hmm. you you know it's just it's just common sense and if you and i aren't hunting them guess who is the government they're gonna pay somebody to go well and that's the thing then taxpayers have to pay that that was my thing about mountain lions earlier is interesting to see how many mountain lions if for areas that don't have a mountain lion hunt it'd be interesting to see how many mountain lions get euthanized by game wardens and stuff like that a year. Cause I know up, up here, I know like the grizzly bears, there's been way more instances with grizzly bears up here and they're going to have to start. They're just going to have to start shooting them just because there's too many of them. I think, I honestly think that what's, what is, what's going to have to happen. And this is just my personal opinion is that we are going to have to lawyer up and we're just going to have to play their game because they sue our fish and wildlife all the time, you know, humane side will file a lawsuit, you know, we're going to have to file a lawsuit, the same type of thing, because, you know, you hate to be like, oh, I'm just going to sue them. Well, we got to find, we have to find some sort of attorney that's going to partner up with, with an organization and basically just be on retainer that says, Hey, we're going to, we have to file a counter lawsuit, right? Or we're going to lose. It's just gonna, it's gonna come down to that, and I, I've talked to people about the thing that just happened in Washington, about how, <clears throat> I mean, I honestly, I, I believe it, but I couldn't believe it as I was watching it, that the two commission meetings, and I spoke on one of them, um, but I'm sitting there watching. They they asked their own biologists for certain information. These biologists came back with a full report, giving them every bit of evidence and data that they wanted. And then sit there and say, it's still not good enough. <laughs> no, that's, you know, it's just not good enough. Well, what does that tell your own, the own state's biologists? It tells them that they don't even give a crap yeah. about the work that they're doing. They're telling you that the, 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 the population is stable and that it can withstand having a spring season, you know, and do the people of Washington think that they're not going to come take their fall season now? That's coming next. They're not going to quit. When they just because they have a victory doesn't mean that the humane society is just going to go away. No, it just builds fuel for those those fucking people. That's all it does. Well, they're going to say, well, we you know the population can't withstand having a spring season. You know, now we need to take the fall season. I mean, that's their ultimate goal is to and and in that podcast, Hunt to Eat, she she basically said it. She goes, we want to we want to end all hunting. Yeah, which is nuts because like again, like without hunting, I don't know who's gonna. I don't know like. In BC specifically, like we don't have like Pittman or Rob, we don't have the resources, the money that you guys do down there to put to our wildlife management. A lot, most of it, like the actual work for like sheep and stuff like that comes from like the Wild Sheep Society, it comes from these other organizations that actually fundraise for special projects for boots on the ground management of these animals. And if there's no hunting, all these animals are going to die. Like, I don't understand how people just, they can't put the pieces of the puzzle together. Like this is a three piece puzzle and they just can't make it work. It blows my mind. It pisses me off. It drives. Yeah. Well, they think that just, you know, nature is going to work its way itself out. Well, nature's going to just make certain things extinct. You know, that's just. Yeah. But it's funny because like, okay, say you say right away, we just stop hunting. Said everybody stops hunting in North America. There's no more hunting. Okay. It's not going to take very long for all the ungulates to die. 
before the predators have their way with them. But then all the ungulates are dead. What are the predators going to eat now? What are they going to do? Hopefully right? we'll just transplant them down into San Francisco <laughs> <laughs> and let them, uh, let, let them, them go to town, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's, it is, it's, it's common sense. Yeah. They don't have any fucking that, common you know, sense. predators every, and it's not even just predators. I mean, deer populations need to be managed as well because mm-hmm. they it's disease you know oh, overpopulation yeah. that the population gets so overcrowded that you know they're competing for food yeah the food isn't there um you know and the other thing is, is they go oh the wildfires are, are burning you know all the habitat up we, we've had some major wildfires in california but uh from a study i read that the the last two large fires we had in California, they only burned 2% of the bear uh, habitat. That's yeah, not yeah, enough minuscule. to impact yeah. it. I mean, we don't want the large fires like we've had. We want small fires. That's good for wildlife because mm-hmm. it, you know, controlled yeah. habitat. Yeah. But the large fires can be devastating. Um, a lot of the area that burned last year, I've been up in a lot of it, and some of it is still pretty black, but a lot of it is already come back um not come back completely obviously but i mean the green up is like you know the hunting's going to be good in there for the next you know mm-hmm. probably five years at least um i don't know it's it, i wouldn't even say that i've been huge into hunting until i mean i've hunted all my life but i would say the last i say 24 I don't know, 2016, 2015 mm-hmm. is when I really started diving in. So I dove in pretty late to where it was like I scouted way more. Yeah. And so yeah. all of this has come, become way more important to me, whereas yeah. maybe before 2015, I would have been like, eh, whatever, you know, or yeah, maybe just you, not dude. pay as much attention. But I love it so much. And now that I've had, you know, I have two kids mm-hmm. and they're too young to really take <clears throat> to do much. I've taken them out. Uh, taking my son with me hog hunting and stuff like that just riding around on a quad and we've gotten a couple pigs but i want to be able to share that with him yeah and my daughter if you know if she chooses that she wants to do it or my you know my son maybe he won't be into it but i'm hoping that it's something that i'll be able to enjoy with them like i got to enjoy with with my dad and my grandpa and you know and 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 my brother-in-law who i hunt with most of the time and my nephew Mm -hmm. yeah you you want them to have the opportunity whether they like it or not like they, it's important to, for them to have the same opportunities that we did when we grew up to get outside and enjoy the outdoors. Like so and, much and more that's, to and, that's, and that's something else I just don't quite understand is these people, I get what they're trying to do is they think that they're, they think they're actually benefiting wildlife by, you know, pushing their agenda to end hunting, but they're actually taking things away from other people. I'm not, I don't actively try to take away other people's rights because I don't agree with it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff here in California. I could tell you, I don't agree with in the way that people choose to live their life, but mm-hmm. I'm not actively trying to take it from them because I go, I, I think, you know what? We live in America. If that's what you want, it's your right. Yep. It's your right to do it, but don't push it on. Don't push your agenda on me. I won't push my agenda on you. Don't try to take something away from me. I won't take something away from you. It's just kind of like, I don't, I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah, man. No, I get it. That's blood what makes pressure starting to go through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you brother. It's yeah. It's sad when people try to do that. They try to make, and the funny thing is like, I've had this conversations before and it's like, I always assumed that anti hunt, all anti hunters were 
like vegans, all of them. I thought they had to be. I was under like for the longest time I was under the impression. And, you know, then all of a sudden I was told that they're not, it has nothing. And then I'm like, well, how could they not be vegan? Like what's the difference of me going out harvesting an animal and eating it to, to feed my family for a year and me going out to a grocery store and buying it from a store that came from a slaughterhouse. I've had people message me, why don't you go to a store and buy meat like everybody else? It's like, what the fuck is that? Like that, that meat, that, that animal has probably had a shitty life and was tortured probably. And the meat that I'm taking, you know, from the mountains, that animal was taken in a more humane way. Uh, You know, if I'm, you know, the other thing that they don't think about is if we don't hunt these animals, they're going to die anyways. Absolutely. Whether that's yeah. at the a mouth of another predator or starvation or disease, they're going to have a horrible death. For you and I to go out and, you know, take it with a high powered rifle or, or, you know, a bow is, is a quick death compared to what they might have. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I don't think they've seen it. Like I've seen coyotes pulling a part of fawn it's freaking gross like yeah, no i've heard that... stories i've heard stories that the uh you know coyotes will they'll follow a uh a doe around knowing she's going to drop that fawn and then pounce on it yeah oh yeah yeah they're it's not like no, na- nature not... is nature is cruel oh it's yeah. not you know what what did she say what did that i think that chick's name was wendy she's like i just want everybody to go hug a bear please do it i want to watch yeah, i want to come try to hug yeah. a wild bear yeah come up here and hug those grizzlies that you, that <laughs> you didn't want to shut let's see how that I mean, goes for just, you that's just not how it is it's just no it's, they they watch too many disney movies yeah they're living in a fucking dream world <laughs> yeah yeah i feel you dude i feel you well man it's uh I think I'll wrap it up right about there. I mean, for all the Canadians, listen, make sure you head over to Holland. They got something for the, the black bear hunt there right now, eh? Yeah, they got a, uh, we're going to get some answers on the petition. I think it's on the 21st or the 22nd. Um, the commission is going to have a meeting and they're either going to move forward with the petition and, you know, kind of entertain it right. or there's a chance they may just say, nope, we're done. Bear population's good, which I think, I honestly think our commission here is, uh, I think they're more pro hunter than Washington. Washington is definitely anti, but um, I think there's a good chance that they're going to say, you know, we're not going to move forward with this petition, but that's not going to stop them from coming back next year or, you know, trying a different avenue. Hopefully with how, like with what um, Charles has created, hopefully that, you know, we get so much, like as this tool becomes so accessible to everybody, they get so much backlash and they get so much opposition to it that eventually they're just like, they, they start these anti-hunting groups just start getting overwhelmed. They're like, Hey, listen, like we, we tried this. There was a million people that wrote in. They just get to a point where they're just, they, how we were talking where it's exhausting. Hopefully they start to feel that exhaustion. That would oh, be the ultimate. hundred percent. And I'll tell you what, in these commission meetings that I've been a part of in Washington and here in California, we have actually outnumbered the anti-hunters who call in for public. Oh, hunt. awesome. Yeah. That's, good. Honest, that's what we need. We're actually as hunters, which is a good thing. All our comments are very respectful. Yeah. Uh, we come off way more classy because he's you'll see a couple of the Anna hunters will come in with some crazy bullshit and 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 the commissioners have actually been like, hey, we need to be respectful. And it's kind of like you guys are just making yourself look worse than it is. But no, I mean, uh, 
yeah, if they if they think they can just railroad us, they're gonna uh, do it more. They're gonna just continue to do what they yeah. do. But yeah, we're hoping that we're with Hal and and the other orgs that we can become such a big force yeah. that they will they will back off. But we're not gonna they're not gonna ever go away. No, but, it's like that bully in in school. He only picks on you for so long till you start fighting back. And once they know you're gonna fight back all the time, and if you have a big force. You know, hopefully they'll just, you know, it, yeah. it, that would be the ultimate goal. If they start feeling how you and I feel where you're just, you're just like, fuck, man, I'm absolutely exhausted. It felt like we're well, just. And hopefully just we going. can, and hopefully we can change some of their minds. Yeah. I mean, I think that the majority of most of the people that are anti-hunting, you're, we're never going to change their mind. It's no. the people that don't care or that are in the middle. Yeah. The non-hunting they, community. They can yeah. hear both sides and then be like, you know what? They're going to go one way or the other, but hopefully they're going to listen and be like, man, listen to these guys. They actually are probably, you know, benefiting wildlife. These guys, you know, donate and give money and this side doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just it. They're actually doing things for wildlife. The other group is not just trying to stop hunting. That's it. Um, that picture I posted on Instagram of that cat. Yeah. <laughs> did did you see that a lot? Oh, oh yeah, I seen that. <laughs> That's gnarly. I, I think my inbox from that just I don't know how many anti hunters. I had a lot of messages. In fact, I almost pulled that post down. But with the wildlife populations going the way they are, that's another reason, you know, animals like that are going to waste. Yeah. When it could benefit somebody's you know oh yeah i mean like i i've seen bears and cougar like cats in the last couple of years totally emaciated just starving just because there's too many there's too many they can't like they're fighting against other bears like they're fighting against other cats so and like the grizzly bears have gone into areas now with the grizzly bear hunting they they've gone into areas and they've kind of taken over that area so you know what I mean? They're pushing cats out. They're pushing. They're pushing the other predators out, right? Because once the grizzly bear gets in an area, nothing fucking with a grizzly bear except for a human. No, they're gonna push the. They're gonna push the black bears out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're the. They're number one. They're. They're the Mister Apex predator yeah. that's king of the mountain, other than you and I. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool, dude. So where can uh, all the Canadians follow you? What's your Instagram handle? Um, it's, uh, black bear underscore or no, 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 Ooh, that's my other one. That's the, that's the backup. One of my account got deleted. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's black underscore bear underscore pursuit. Yeah. Um, I do have a Facebook, but I honestly try to stay off of that just yeah, because too, there's so many trolls on there and it's yeah, just, I, I can't stand Facebook. I stick to the Instagram. So yeah. That's how so I'm not as active on there. I mean, if somebody yeah. wants to reach out to me and, and message me, I'll, I'll get to it eventually, but Instagram is kind of mostly where I'm at. Hey brother. Sounds good. I'll put all that in the show notes and uh, yeah, for anybody listening, make sure you head on to how they'll be in the show notes and I'm sure everybody listening to this show, they already know uh, how to get a hold of Hal and, but uh, it's been cool. Okay, man. We'll talk to you later. eh? Thanks. See ya. Yeah, I want to thank everyone again for tuning into another episode of the Folk Sunning Podcast, which is coming at you as part of the Waypoint Outdoors Collective. 
This episode of the Focus Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Vortex Optics, the best in optics, period. Backroads Maps, never get lost with Backroads Maps. And AKU Boots, you owe it to your feet. A uh, quick shout out to Howl for Wildlife. If you guys are not familiar with Howl for Wildlife, make sure you head on over to howlforwildlife.org. Become a member, it doesn't cost you anything. They've got tons of great stuff going on, and uh, we're going to be working with them getting some Canadian issues put on their uh, platform. Thanks again, everybody. succeed you want to fish you want to be one of the greatest tune in to west marines life on the water presented by costa custom boats every saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m eastern on waypoint tv when you go out there and the fish are where you think they are any one of these casts could be the bite it's the most exciting fishing that i know right here at hawks cave Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.